Robert Sapp here. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading from John chapter 21, starting with verse 1, going to verse 12. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded up his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye now have caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? We see in the scriptures that Jesus is on the shore. This is after the resurrection. This is just a few days after the resurrection. This is the third time that he shows himself to his disciples. And the disciples are sitting around and they decide they're going to go fishing. They're going to go do what they know what to do and how to do. This does not in any way imply that they had lost their faith, nor does it imply that they was going back on what Jesus had taught them. What it shows is that they was reverting back to something they knew. They had to be busy, and they went fishing. Because Peter and James and Andrew, they, they were all fishermen, okay? They were all the sons of Zebedee and uh, Peter, John, they were all fishermen. You, you remember they were found in the fisherman's boat and Christ said, follow me, and they followed him. So they knew what they were doing. They knew how to fish. And they had went out. This was not an inappropriate time to go out. This would be the appropriate time to go fishing. And they went out and they labored all night long, doing what they knew to do, and provided no substance. They provided no good. It was for naught. It's not that God wasn't or, or that God was telling them that what they were doing was wrong, but what they were doing was no good. He said that our righteousness is but filthy rags, and there is no one good but God. So what we do if God is not in it, is worthless. Hear me. What we do if God is not in it, 
is worthless. Now, we all have talents, and we all have special blessings, and we all have these things, and we have our training, we have our knowledge. We know what to do. But how bigger of a blessing and how bigger of a, a ministry it could be, and anything can be a ministry if we allow God to be in it. Now, they, they were out all night. They caught nothing. And in the morning, they came towards the shore, and there was a man standing there. It was Christ. We know that, but they didn't know it at the time. There was a man standing there and said, Children, have you any meat? Have you caught anything? Have you done any good? Have you produced anything? Has your work provided something, or was it in vain? And they had to tell him that they hadn't caught nothing. They'd done everything they knew how to do, and still... It was not worth it. So he told him, he said, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. If you're a commercial or professional fisherman, you learn to read the signs and you know where the fish are at. You don't just randomly cast your net. You know where the fish are at and that's why you cast it where it's at. Now, remember, this is, old, this is in the New Testament and... This is 30, 40 A.D., depending on, you know, where Christ was at, when he, what year it was when Christ died. Anywhere from 30 to 40, that's, you know, most people will say 33, some people will say 35. So I'm going to give you a range from 30 to 40. They didn't have Zebco 202s, and they didn't have riding reels and ugly sticks or anything like that. They didn't have, certainly didn't have radar fish finders. What they knew was to read the signs. And the signs had told them to cast their nets in a particular area. And these were heavy nets. They were, they were able to go out and, you know, they threw them out and they drug them in. They threw them out, they drug them in. And whatever they called in those nets, that was their catch for that night. And they had done this all night long and they hadn't caught anything. And here's this man on the shore telling them just to randomly throw their net over the right-hand side of the boat. Now, that's foolish to us for someone to say randomly, well, just go down here, drive until you get to a stop sign, and hang a right. That's about the same difference. Or go out here and start digging a hole, and you'll hit oil. And well, it's a random occurrence. You may hit oil. More than likely, you will not. But, okay, one more time. What's it going to hurt, right? So they cast their nets on the right side of the boat. They drew it in, and the net was full of fish. Now, this was supernatural and unheard of because, one, it was random. And I believe that there was no signs that there was fish there. I just believe Christ told them to throw their net out there. And when they had found that there was a lot of fish in the net, the disciple that... Jesus loved John the John the Revelator. Excuse me, John the Revelator looked up at Peter, his brother, and said, "This is Christ. This is Jesus." And when Peter perceived that it was that John was telling him the truth, that that it was indeed Jesus, he threw his fisherman's coat on. Now, the scriptures here says King James Version says that he was naked. Some versions will tell you he had a loincloth on. Others will tell you that he had it tucked in. doesn't matter. He put his fisherman's coat on because he wanted to be more professional looking when he saw Jesus. He wanted to look his best. 
and so he put his coat on and he jumped in the water he couldn't wait for the ship or the boat to get to the shore he jumped in the water he swam or waded out into the shore the rest of the boat came in when they got to the shore they noticed something this man had coals of fire he had built a fire and he already had fish laid up on the fire to eat he wasn't asking them if they had meat to eat because he had already provided that. You see, a lot of times Christ, God will ask us to do something and we think it's impossible. We think, oh my gosh, this is the dumbest thing. Or maybe he's called you to preach. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. I can't preach. But trust me, brother or sister, you can. If Christ, if God has called you to do it, then he has already prepared the way. He's already got everything there for you. He's worked on both ends, your end and the other end. He already had the fish. He already had the fire. The fish was already on the fire. The fish was already baked. Now this is morning. This is fried fish for breakfast. Some of you may have fried fish for breakfast. I'm not typically one to eat fish for breakfast, but at this time they was having they was going to have fish for breakfast. They trusted this man that they did not know was Jesus. They couldn't, they, maybe he had hid his, uh, his visage. Maybe he had hid his personality. Maybe he had hid his countenance from them. But he was not recognizable to them until he told them to throw their net on the right side of the boat. And when they drew back the net, when they brought the net back up, it had a bunch of fish in it. They recognized Christ at that point. Christ has told you to do something. Trust him. Trust him. He's already prepared the way. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to be easy. A net full of 153 fish would have been a heavy net. And one other thing, this net was not breaking from the fish, the amount of fish. So even though the task looks hard, and even though the task may look impossible or feel impossible, and we might even get weary in doing the task, we must continue to do so. In doing that, we prove, we show to God that we trust Him, but we finish the task at hand. And once we do that, then the bountiful blessings can come in. 153 fish was more than any of those on the boat needed. Now, they, they sold. They were commercial fishermen even back then. They sold these fish. So they had a bountiful harvest there. They continued their occupation. They continued their, their former knowledge. But again, God had told him to do or told them to do something, and they done it. And when they come on the shore... They saw the fish on the fire. They had recognized Christ at this point. They came to the shore, and there's the fish on the fire. And he says, what? Come and dine. Now, stop a minute and think about who Christ is talking to here. 
He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his friends. He's talking to her, his followers. He's talking to those that he's mentored for about three years. He's also talking to the, everyone that betrayed him, that left him high and dry, that ran from the Garden of Gethsemane or did not show up at the trial or was not present at the cross. And he looks at them and says, come and dine. You're welcome at my table. Come and dine. Now one of these, and we, we like to, I'm going to say it this way, we like to throw stones at Peter because, oh my gosh, he, he denied Christ three times. But all of them ran. All of them fled. The only one that we see was at the cross of Calvary was John. And that's when Christ looked and said, John, behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. We know John was there, but we don't know when he showed up. He may have just got there. We don't know if he was there for the full duration or not, but we, all, we know that all of them, according to the scriptures in the Garden of Gethsemane, betrayed him, ran, denied him, fled. And don't, don't get so high and mighty that you would say, oh, I wouldn't have done it. You would have done the same thing. You would have run. And I can prove that. How often does God call us to do something and we run from it? How often has he called us to minister or to preach and we run from it? How often does he ask us to do something and we say, no, nah, I can't do that, God? Or, well, I can't do that today. I'll do it tomorrow. We all deny him. We all run. We all betray him. And he's the same words that he said to his disciples on the shore of Tiberias. He's saying to us today, Come and dine. Come and dine. He said in Psalms 23, I will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies and my enemies. The enemies of God, because we are on God's side, our enemies are the enemies of God, will not be invited to that table. But his friends, his followers, his faithful, they're invited. And he's telling us to come and dine. Now, what's on that table? Uh, we see on the fire here it was fish. But that's just food for the physical. The blessings for the spiritual are astronomical and they're incalculable. We, we see love and we see peace that passeth all understanding. We see contentment. We see you know, strength in times of storms. We see all of this. Now, where do we see prosperity, though? Hear what I'm saying. We've got this thing confused. When you come to know the Lord, you don't become rich wealthy, materially. You become rich spiritually. You become wealthy spiritually. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you are rich. And just because you're not rich doesn't mean you're not a Christian. And it doesn't mean that if you're not rich, you don't have enough faith. It means that you are a Christian and things come up. He said, what? In this world you shall suffer tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Nowhere does it say that we're going to have peace and prosperity. It does say that we will have the peace that passeth all understanding. But nowhere does it say, and you will have prosperity. Oh, we're the heirs to the kingdom. 
We're sons and daughters of the living God if we have accepted Christ on the cross of Calvary. But materialistically, we may not be rich. We may not have the fancy cars and the Lear jets and the houses and all this other stuff, and that's okay. And you know what? It's okay if people do have the Lear jets and the fancy houses and the fancy cars and the big bank accounts. That's okay too. Don't be coveting their stuff. Let God bless you with what you need and let God bless you with how He wants to bless you. Blessings don't always mean material goods. Blessings are spiritual. We, we've got it confused. We believe that if we're not rich, we don't have enough faith. Faith and riches has nothing to do with each other. They're not synonymous. As a matter of fact, they're kind of an antonym because he said it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than to enter into the, the gates of heaven. So don't get it confused. Don't think that if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be rich. If you're a Christian, you're a Christ child. Your kingdom is not here on this world. Your riches are not here where moth can corrupt and rust can decay. It's in heaven. Come and dine. If you're listening to this podcast and you do not know Jesus, he's telling you right now, come and dine. If you are listening to this podcast and you do know Jesus, he's telling you also to come and dine. And you can have as much off of his table as you want. But it's up to you to get to the table. To get to the table, you have to accept the death on the cross. Jesus shedding his blood for the remission of sin. Once you've accepted that, once you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the come and dine invitation is engraved and it comes to you so you can come and dine. You can feast at his table, as the song says, anytime. Come and dine. I'm going to leave you with this. Pod, on this podcast, I'm going to leave you with the number six, verses 24 through 26. It's called the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. See, you can have peace. You can have the peace that when you pat, lay your head down on your pillow and you go to sleep, you don't have to worry about not waking up. When you come to know Jesus, when you come to accept him and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, you can have peace. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life. And we ask, Lord, that you'll touch and eat each and every one that is listening to this podcast, Lord, whether it's now or way into the future, God, we ask that you'll bless them, Lord, that you'll use your Holy Spirit to draw them closer to you. And Lord, if they don't know you, that you'll use your Holy Spirit to draw them to you, Lord, so that they can come to know 
you from the cross of Calvary and Lord to have the forgiveness of their sins on their life Lord just by asking for your forgiveness Lord we ask this in Jesus sweet and holy name amen until we meet again be good take care of one another and we'll talk to you soon God bless